welcome to your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. Join your host, Alexandros Megas, and co-host Vincent Byrne as they walk you through the deepest recesses of the mind and how it operates. They discuss all the reasons why our minds persistently get in the way of our evolution, growth, and our success. But crucially, they also teach you what you can do to change your destiny. And now, here's your host, Alexandros Megas. Welcome to the fourth episode of Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast. And today, uh, our title is I'm Only Human and Other Self-Deprecating Trash Talk. I'm your host, Alexandros Megas. And I'm Vincent Byrne, your co-host. So, Vincent, hello, my friend. Uh, we started getting into a conversation um, a few minutes ago. Because I must say, and this is the absolute truth, by the way, that we do not really um, orchestrate these episodes. We do not, we don't script them. We don't have a playbook. <laughs> so it's, it's almost like we're almost freestyling here. We just, we just take out the curse words and there's, there's about, you know, 50% of, of every episode actually more or less. I'm kidding, of course. So, Vincent, what was this question that you had? Well, it's around uh, the fact that we talk to ourselves. And I suppose when we talk to ourselves, it's inevitably negatively. It's inevitably playing ourselves down and uh, saying, I, I, I'm only human. I'm, I was only doing my job. Um, it's you know we we play things down quite a lot, and and I have often wondered why why we do that, why do we play ourselves down, and why is it that, uh, and what impact does it actually have uh, when we do that? Right. So that's the question. Well, that's a it's a tall order, but let's start by saying uh, that segues into our second episode that talked about what limiting beliefs are. And uh, to briefly go back in there, I will say once again that um, limiting beliefs are programs that uh, our subconscious either creates or accepts by picking up behaviors uh, from birth up until roughly the seventh year of age. This is where most of our programs are created. So a belief system is a programmed behavior. For example, um, you know, things we think about the nature of, of the world. You know, like I, I give you an example, like money doesn't grow on trees. You know, this is stuff that we've been told countless times from uh, society and also our family. Uh, and who do you think I am? You know, money tree or what, you know, whatever. 
<laughs> bank, you know, wh- whatever. Sure. Um, you're filling the, the blanks there when it comes to the appropriate phrase. So these are beliefs. These are programs. So as we start our life filling the mind with material to work with, because this is what the mind does. The mind needs material to work with. It's a machine, right? It's a computer. So the subconscious, being the computer, needs programs. Otherwise, the computer doesn't do anything, right? It's it's blank. It's inactive. It's a flatline. So, and, and, uh, you know, we're going to, on a later episode, we will talk about the importance of problems. That's another thing that actually could... um, come out of this one, how important it is for the mind to be dealing with uh, problems, with obstacles, with puzzles, you know, with riddles. And when I say riddles and puzzles, I don't mean literally. I mean everything that we come across in everyday life uh, that we have to solve, a problem that we have to solve. This is all food for the subconscious mind that it needs in order to grow, in order to perfect itself. Okay. Because it's a, you know, it's a supreme AI machine, right? So the self-talk is this kind of a problem. And you asked, why is it that it starts, that it usually is deprecate, self-deprecating? And let's start this by saying the self-talk is created, originated by the, the initial programs that we get. Okay. Right? So if... If then there is a program when you're a kid that, who do you think you are to want to be blah, blah, you know, X, you know, we are a blue collar family here. You know, we've always been, we've always, we've always been in the army or we've, you know, we, you know how people say, you know, someone is a police officer and, and if you ask them that, well, you know, I don't know, my dad was and my grandfather was too and my grandfather. So it becomes a thing where we tend to sometimes follow a pattern. So such a pattern is the self-talk as well. Does this make sense? Yeah. So we get used to uh, speaking uh, down about ourselves and then we just continue to do it. Is that what you mean? Yeah, absolutely. Not only do we get used to it, but we get addicted to doing that. Because uh, as we have already talked about, the subconscious mind will create the program or will accept the program, and then it will go out there and try to find ways to match it. So this is, again, going back to the previous example, where people that have a series of unsuccessful relationships they tend to believe then, they start to believe that, well, you know, I am unlucky or I am not lovable or, you know, whatever it is that um, the appropriate scenario that the mind will make up will be. And that because the mind believes that, the self-talk will follow that and it will be um, always managing to fulfill that kind of reality. Okay. But uh, I think, I I mean, I get it certainly when you're talking about um, something like, you know, relationship issues and, you know, and therefore you characterize um, your lack of success in that area with some kind of meme or some kind of expression of a belief system. 
as negative self-talk. But I mean, I, I have experienced it, I've done it myself, uh, that when you actually have success in something, that you your your answer, like some people might take the applaudits and uh, you know take the uh, the credit and um, be quite boastful. But I, I find that most people actually are almost quite modest, overly modest and shy, and they play down their particular achievements. So you know it was all in a day's work. Uh, it was it was just my job. It was nothing special. You know this kind of stuff. Why do we do it in that situation? Is that because we have been told by parents and by society, you know, don't get too big for your boots, uh, don't be above your station, you know, that kind of stuff? Of course, we're being told we're insignificant and uh, this is everywhere. I mean, it's so ingrained in society that most people feel ashamed for uh, congratulating themselves or any, on anything, for f- feeling proud about having been or done, accomplished something, they feel ashamed. Oh, that's egotistic behavior. I shouldn't do that. Uh, And so, of course, this society, it promotes the idea that we are insignificant because if you're insignificant, you will act insignificant. And if you act insignificant, you cannot step on any toes. Right, right. So it's it's what came up for me there was uh, the expression pride comes before a fall. So you're not encouraged to be proud of what you do. And certainly if you are proud of what you do, you don't tell anyone about it. You just play it down and you keep it uh, low key so that you if you have if you walk away and slip on a banana skin, you won't, it might be funny, but you won't uh, uh, have been cut down to size because you had displayed this terrible uh, sin called pride, which obviously is, is from my uh, little religious knowledge, uh, pride is one of the uh, deadly sins, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. One of the seven deadly sins. So, I mean, how I don't know how, how much worse can this get, really, if you think about it, knowing that, being proud of yourself, being knowing that being proud of yourself for for anything you do, is actually punishable by eternal eternal damnation. <laughs> wow, you know, and of course, you know, you give uh, that role of being proud to the devil himself. Yeah. Right, so it is a devilish thing to do to be proud of of yourself and your accomplishments. A devilish thing to do, yeah. horrible. And it's and it's the behavior of people that are in his likeness, and therefore I don't want to be like that. I don't want to express any pride. So therefore, I'm going to play down anything that I achieve myself. That's right. And by playing it, so playing it down is only one thing. Uh, that's not where it stops. The downfall here, the plight is, it comes from where what is being created by playing it down. Because every kind of behavior and every kind of thinking or emotional state, as we've talked uh, enough times already here, is uh, translating into creating reality manifesting some sort of reality right so so uh, playing it down uh, is leading you down a rabbit hole 
a downward spiral of a lifetime of denying, categorically denying the opportunity to uh, allow yourself any accolades, you know, give yourself a pat on the back and feel like you're a supreme. How many people you think, uh, if asked to even repeat the phrase, right? I am a supreme human being. How many people you think would actually be able, would allow themselves to even utter this phrase? Yeah, I would say it's probably up there with the same number who would be unlikely to utter the phrase, I'd like to get cancer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. So, so wow, I mean, think about it. So, so you hear, going back to the first uh, half of our title for today's episode, I'm only human is only is only uttered by people that want to downplay or who, who want to actually showcase how insignificant they are. I'm only human. What? I'm only human means I'm only crafted, created in the image of God, right? I'm only human to people happens to be in this day and age that, oh, I'm just a piece of shit. I'm, just, I'm nothing. I'm a speck of dust. Right? I'm only human. But then, you know, you don't hear anybody saying, oh, I'm only human when they do something extraordinary. Then nobody says that. So I'm only human is programmed. Language is a program, is neuro, neuro-linguistic programming for I'm a piece of shit. I am nothing. Yeah. So, so if you take that phrase or you take any of the other deprecating phrases. As I ask this question, I kind of know what the answer is from what we've talked about before. And that is where when we downplay things, when we make these negative statements, we're effectively strengthening the program, which says I'm not good enough. I don't deserve success, wealth, whatever it is that I want to actually try and create. We're actually strengthening that by virtue of the negative talk that we're uttering pretty regularly, both to ourselves and outwardly on a daily basis. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, so, so we are giving more fuel to the fire that is burning us. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's like someone having you, you know, like what they did to the witches back in the day where they would burn them at the stake, right? And then, you know, it's like giving someone a a bottle of gas, the person who's actually tied to be burned at the stake, and and this person is like pouring it all over themselves. You know, that's, that's really what happened. Yeah. But it's no wonder when we have a situation where you know, we sit down and we write our goals and we talk about what we'd like to achieve or what we'd like to create. And we put all that down on the one hand, but then on the other hand, we step away from that and we have this automatic self-talk going on, uh, both, as I said, internally and in what we say to other people about ourselves. It's like as if we're trying to climb up and drag ourselves up. And so it's one step up and two steps back 
because we're we're counterbalancing and even pulling ourselves further back than we would be in making statements about what we want to achieve or even trying to insert and create new habits for ourselves. We're we're undermining all of that by virtue of what we say to ourselves. Absolutely. No, no, I mean, this is actually, it's, it's what I say to people every time they craft affirmations for themselves. And because the, the subconscious mind, which will always be truthful to you. Now, let me make a parenthesis there by saying the fact that your subconscious mind is truthful to you doesn't mean that it's correct, right? But it's truthful to you about how it feels. Right. So when you say, you know, when you're like, I don't know, like 300 pounds and you say to yourself, I am lean, lean, mean, you know, uh, sex machine or whatever. <laughs> you want to say to yourself that you are like this person where it's like extremely fit and all this. And, you know, immediately the subconscious will be like, as you are saying this to yourself, the subconscious will counter that by saying bullshit. <laughs> we both know this is bullshit. It's not true. <laughs> Yeah. So so then immediately you are dealing with someone. It's like being with your think of it this way, right? Um, have you ever thought of a situation that you are like with your mom or your dad or you know whoever? Like my mom used to, still is, as a matter of fact. God bless her. Uh, <laughs> the person who will always downplay anything that I would accomplish that I would do. Like if I say. I, I'm just doing great, doing this. I'm, you know, and she'll be like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." You know, we've heard this before. <laughs> sort of thing. Hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and of course, of course, the the moment that this happens, most of us, what happens to us? We get we get angry, right? We get angry, which means what? If you get angry, that means that whatever is being told to you. Hmm has a truth that you recognize, right? Because if I if I called you, Vincent, fat ass, yeah. you know, you would laugh at me, right? Because you, you have nothing in you uh, and you have no pro, not to, yeah. I'm just going to preface this by saying there is nothing wrong with being a fat ass. <laughs> I myself have been there and, um, you know, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. But I'm saying, if I say something to you for which you have no program installed, it will not bother you. So by virtue of being bothered by something, that means that there is something in you mm. that uh, believes that whatever is being told to you is true. It's pushing your buttons. That's right. It's exactly. And you know how they say, why is it that your parents can push your buttons so... Yeah. So beautifully, do you know? No. Because they installed them. So, or most of them. <laughs> anyway. okay. But that's another obstacle, you see, that the mind is here to deal with. You, We come here, you know, to some extent, we know that we're going to deal with this shit. And, you know, it's like, you know, that when you start playing a game, you know, that game is rugby or whatever, like paintball, I don't know. You know, something that could involve any certain, any degree of, of uncertainty or risk. 
in it, you know that you're going to have to deal with some shit, you know, and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to have to deal with that. But, you know, you get in there and you deal with it because you already know that this is the agreement you have made. But unfortunately, all the agreements that we have made before we stepped onto this platform, onto this stage we call life in the 3D world, we don't remember those agreements, right? So we act as if the theatrical play is real. And so everything that happens becomes something to be upset about, you know, like, you know, you're like Robert De Niro in The Goodfellas, you know, and and whatever, Joe Pesci does something and you're like so totally pissed off. <laughs> How dare you, mother, father, you know, whatever. Um, and uh, so we get to yeah. be upset by things that we think are somehow true. So then when you have that self-talk that is self-deprecating because, of course, it will start picking up the, or, or shaking, you know, dusting all the programs, the limited beliefs that are already instilled in you, that phrase that you will dare to utter will be heavily criticized. And that's what happens. And that's, of course... Mm where all the, the, the I, I would say the beginning stages actually of the self-deprecating talk, because at some point you will get to be so proficient at it that you won't even think about it and it won't even bother you. See, the fact that it's bothering you is actually good. It's a good sign because that means that there's something in you that gets, um, that, that gets upset about being in that stage. You know what to say, the worst part of being a slave is getting used to it. Mm. So when you start being oblivious to the shit talk that yourself is repeating on a daily basis is where the cancer has grown deadly. Mm. And that is the worst part. Like, for example, you know, the I'm only human thing, right? Or, you know, you step into your workplace. Like, hey, Dave, how are you? Good morning. Ah, same shit, different day. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, how many of us have witnessed that, you know, countless times? Yeah, life's a bitch and then you die. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I mean think, but think of, think of what that means if you analyze it a little bit linguistically. If you say same shit, different day, what you're saying to yourself, and of course you need to um, uh, project it on the outside and find or recruit other like-minded individuals to then confirm that this is the truth. So when you say... Same shit, different day. You're actually saying, it, my life is shit, right? But don't, not only is it shit, but it stays the same. Which is, nothing changes in it, right? Yeah. So, so this is your program. Your program says my life does not change, which yeah. in, in what kind of scenario could that ever be true, right? Life is changing constantly. Mm. But in this person's mind, life doesn't change. And not only does it not change, but it's naturally shit. It's, it's okay. You know, it's, what are you going to do? You know, that's how life is. Right? This is what you get out of this thing. That being alive is a shitty thing. And that's how it is. Ah, you know, I didn't make it like that. That's how it is. Right? Yes. And, and actually, I, I've found when I've, you know, with friends and with clients, when I've, pointed out to them 
that, you know, they'll do something and they'll go, I'm an idiot. And, 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 and if you go, well, no, you're not an idiot. You know, this was a mistake, but you're not an idiot. Oh, I am an idiot. I'm an idiot. And, and what I, what I've, when I remember to do it, I've often said to them, if your kid said that, what would you say to them? And they would say, well, I tell them not to call themselves an idiot. <laughs> so why is it okay for you to say it to yourself right. if you wouldn't want your child to be saying it to themselves? Because exactly. it's effectively the same thing. You're telling your inner child that you're an idiot rather than acknowledging that a mistake was made and you move on for it. But now you're actually putting it this, you're adding more weight to this label that you've put on yourself. And then you wonder why it is that you can't figure out a solution to a particular problem. Because back here, you've confirmed multiple times a day, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. So why would I have the capability to solve these problems? Why would I have the capability to be a success? That's right. I actually, it reminds me of a story that I heard Brené Brown tell. And she says she has a thing in her household where um, people are not allowed to say self-deprecating things about themselves. And uh, so she will, um, uh, if she often finds herself saying, I'm an idiot. And then her, her five-year-old will come in and say, mom, you're not an idiot. You did an idiotic thing. <laughs> you know, So she's been corrected by her kid. And uh, so one day she comes in and into the kitchen and uh, the dog is in the middle of the table and it's after eating the cake or something like this. And she screams at the dog to get off to the table. You are some effing whatever. And uh, you're a bad dog, you know. And the five-year-old pipes up and goes, he's not an effing bad dog. He just did an effing bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I think this is a, this is an issue uh, which is perennially there where we're based on what you have said. And I know we, we, we will go into affirmations in more detail in future episodes, but based on what you've said, we're effectively putting negative affirmations into our programming and not only putting them in, but also reinforcing negative programming on a daily, hourly basis by virtue of what we're saying and thinking uh, to ourselves. Absolutely. This is another instance of uh, why the phrase, the mind, your mind is trying to kill you is so correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so in, in terms of this, I mean, what can we do? Like even as a first step to, to try and uh, do something about this. I'll tell you, there is actually a, an amazing thing that you can do. And uh, it is extremely simple. It's extremely simple, but it's not easy, if that makes any sense. Like all the best things. <laughs> the reason why it's not easy is because to be to have to be self-aware to do this, which means what? You have to be able to identify every time your self-talk is shit-talking. Yeah. You have to be able to consciously identify that, mm. right? The fact that, you know, someone says, oh, I'm an idiot. If they were, if you were not there when you heard that person say that, they would probably not even 
think twice about what they said. Yeah. Because it's ingrained. It, it goes, it's an automatic response. Right? It's an, the mind of being an autopilot. It's a program. So it's, it's completely a program. It's, it's, you know, when this happens, it's like a mathematical response. When this happens, that gets triggered. Mm. So <clears throat> what I say, what you can do is this. Uh, as I say to people that ask me, ever ask me about how to deal with this sort of thing, I say every time you talk negatively to yourself, it's a lie. You have to know that as it's a theorem. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a truth. It's something that is a fact. Mm. You have to accept that as a fact. Because, I mean, it is. It is a fact. Every time you talk shit about yourself is a lie. So you lie. Something in you is lying to yourself. Right. So what do you do when you know that someone is lying to you? When you know it for a fact? You know, like if I come to you and I tell you, Vincent, Santa Claus isn't real. You know, and, and you say, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, this is my little girl. Just, just, just burst my bubble there. <laughs> you, know, you know, the funny part about this is that I do, I am like the kind of parent that is the opposite of, of your uh, quintessential, you know, like everyday kind of parent where, you know, most parents are like, oh my God, you know, no baby, you know, you know, daddy, Santa Claus real? Of course he's real. You know, me, I, I go to Athena and it's like, you know, ba baby, I, I don't, I don't think Santa Claus is real. And then she will be <laughs> offended and, and, and uh, debate me on that, you know, and it's the cutest thing in the world. And, and of course I, you know, I bow down because she always uses the most um, severe facts to battle this sort of thing. You know, she's a, she's a natural. Uh, I always tell her she's going to be either like a some sort of a negotiator, or <laughs> or a lawyer, or you know, a politician. Yeah. God forbid. But yeah. but you know, she's like, well, you know, if he was, if Santa Claus wasn't real, then who makes all the toys? <laughs> <laughs> you know, to which you're like, why? Well, I guess you got a point there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, so, so, you know, all joking aside, if you knew that someone is telling you a lie for sure, you wouldn't accept it. Mm. You would call them out on it. Yeah. That's right. Yes. So that's, that's what you do. You know, every time I, you know, I think to myself, well, you know, maybe I'm not a good enough, whatever, fill in the blanks. You know, I, I have many, <laughs> I have many hats, right? Yeah, I wear many hats. Mm. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm an artist, I'm a hypotherapist, you know, I'm, a, I'm a lot of different things. Uh, and I'm what my wife calls me most of the time. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> As, as I say here, I don't care what you call me as long as you don't call me too early in the morning. <laughs> right. Well, you just spelled my name right. You know. 
as they say in the advertising world. So, uh, you know, that's what it is. You know, I will not accept that. Oh, could I be? Oh, I'm too fat. And, you know, here, no, actually, that's a, that's, that's a good one. Because you could say that this is, and there's a threshold there where, where the, the self-deprecating language comes masked so beautifully that it uh, presents this to you as a fact. Now, here's the thing. If you say, I'm too fat, right? People say that to themselves all the time. Yeah. Or I'm too, what, you know, I'm too, whatever, feeling them like, you know, put in your negative, uh, insert your, <laughs> your negative phrase. And um, the problem here is this, that when you say I'm fat, that always has to come as a comparison to something else, right? Because, uh, you know, back in whatever the 20s, you know, the, the average beautiful woman looked like someone that today would have been called, you know, fat, right? Yeah. And so, and, you know, be ashamed <laughs> for it. So, so when you say something like that to yourself, you are comparing yourself to some kind of norm that you think is the thing, you know, that law. But if you go further, you go even further when you say, I'm too fat, right? But what does that even mean? You're too fat for what? I mean, you could say, I'm too fat to run in the Olympics. <laughs> and, and, you know, that could be a truthful statement. But mm. that is not a self-deprecating statement, you see. Hmm. It's just a fact, right? I'm too short to play basketball. You know, that, that doesn't talk shit on me. It's just a fact. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's, this is where the, the gist of the story becomes, becomes real. What you say becomes real in different ways. And that's because the subconscious mind will decode it differently. If you say, I am too fat, you should understand immediately that your subconscious is talking shit, is lying to you, because it's throwing a blanket statement that means nothing. Yeah. I am too fat means nothing. <laughs> right? But in and in of itself, it means nothing. But, but it, it is so insidious that you will grab hold of that statement and you will, you know, run with it. No pun intended, because if you're too fat, you can't run. <laughs> um, so, you know what I mean? So what happens is you have to watch for these kinds of statements, right? Even if you say to yourself, I'm fat, well, compared to what? What does that even mean? What does it mean to be fat to you, right? What does it mean to be fat? Because, you know, we've talked about that before, right? There's like uh, Biggie, you know, the, that famous rapper that was... Biggie Small. Yeah, extremely mm -hmm. popular, right? And he would 
by all kinds of standards, societal standards today, he was a heavy person. He was fat. Yeah. Right. Do you think that he thought of himself any, you know, any uh, less than being, you know, the man and having all the girls and mm. and and having all the fun? You know, he was like, whoa, you know, I'm look at me, I'm I'm sexy, I'm so sexy. Mm. That's how that's how the guy, the guy felt. So I'm fat means nothing. In and of itself, it only means that you have a program inside of your subconscious that is trying to tell you, to limit you in some degree. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Or let me give you another one that I actually always think about, and I'm amazed by it, right? Danny DeVito, the actor Danny DeVito, is by any definition of classical standards, a very ugly man, right? Very, you know, it's, it's like you know, take the height, take the whatever the the roundness of him, take you know, he's a penguin, right? So, yeah. But but if you look at this man, he's extremely freaking popular and he's lovable as shit. You know, everyone loves Danny DeVito, right? And he he is someone that I would sit there and take advice from because this dude is brilliant and he's just so cute. I want to pinch his cheeks. So so what is it? What is it about? That person, that doesn't make him get on his knees and cry his eyes out, right? And not go out in the supermarket because he is ugly or he's short as, you know, as as a dwarf or whatever. Yeah. What is it that makes this person thrive with the same information as someone else who would completely collapse because of it? Yeah. No, it's 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 all it's all based on context, based on the context that we put on it and the story we tell ourselves about the thing. Because in many cases, while you know something somebody's weight because of the, the fact if they are heavy, then one can see for all kinds of reasons why that may or may not be a good thing or why they may not like themselves. But I, I've come across quite a lot of people who will take something which would would be pretty innocuous and will make a big thing out of it for themselves negatively for themselves so it could be someone who kind of goes i i'm 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 really uh, not very confident in public and it may not be obvious to anyone in the vicinity or in their group of friends uh, it may not be obvious when someone goes out but they will make that a big thing just because they have decided to latch on to it yeah. and and emphasize it as something that's very negative about themselves. Now, it may not have been made up from, you know, out of the blue. It could have been that an overbearing mother or father or teacher or relative said something like that to them. And then they held on to that particular belief and keep playing it and playing it. But the fact is that it's not something that's pretty obvious to anyone, but the person has grabbed onto it themselves and they've decided to use it as part of their trash talk conversation. I mean, one, one of the things actually that's like, this is a habit really when we, when it comes down to it, I know it, and, and that's driven by programming, etc. And I know that it's, it's, it's easy to say, I suppose that we need to catch ourselves or we need to be aware of it. And I mean, some of the methods that I've come across just about 
catching habits. I know, for example, that people, let's say in an office or even at home, they'll have a swear jar so that if they catch themselves, you know, swearing and they want to stop swearing, they'll throw in a dime or whatever into the uh, into the jar. That at least is an acknowledgement of the fact that they've caught themselves doing it. And they may not catch themselves doing it every time, but at least it starts the process. And I think that's the thing with this kind of insidious self-deprecating behavior that you kind of have to start at a level where you're probably going to miss 90% of this talk and miss stopping yourself initially but that if you catch yourself doing it and you find some way to mark it, to, you know, put a, a mark on the back of your hand or, you know, in a diary or you put a, a stone in a jar or something like that, that at least when you start catching yourself doing it, that you've got some chance of working on it and working on it so that the behavior is caught before it even starts when you get to that particular stage, because it strikes me as a tough nut to crack this particular issue. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. The jar <laughs> is, is actually good, but it doesn't matter what it is. You know, you look, at the end of the day, look, can you identify when you feel bad? Can you catch yourself when you feel bad? When you feel depressed, when you feel worthless, the, oh, you have to. I mean, it, it can't be that hard. But the idea here is, nevertheless, you know, the idea here is that your mind will never, will never talk to you in a negative way unless there are these limiting belief programs, inst you know, installed in it. And since we're talking about the inner child, since we're talking about a child, usually, that's what I also, I always say to people, get in touch with your child, with your inner child. How do I do that? Well, start, how many times have you said to yourself, I love you, I you know, I love you, or just look at yourself in the mirror, say, I love you. Oh, hi, hi, beautiful, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, hi, hi, sexy, hi, brilliant man, hi, whatever you want to call yourself, but call yourself that by staring back at the child. What would you say to a child? And the more you give love to that child, the more that child will respond back with love. It will respond back with support. Because if the child, which is your subconscious mind, starts supporting you, then you are on your way to wherever you want to be because this is your biggest ally, your greatest ally. And, and the, 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 you can have the most fuel to fuel your enterprise, whatever that may be, by doing that, even if you don't do anything else. Yeah. Sure. Cool. I think we've given that one a decent run out. So what, what are your thoughts in summary as we wrap this particular episode up? Well, when we talk to ourselves, because we always do, we have to make it a priority to start inserting. If you're going to insert phrases in there, start inserting loving ones. And 
I know in the beginning that's not going to catch. Uh, you know, it's like when it starts to snow, you know, it starts to snow, most of the first layers of snow, they melt away. But then as you keep on getting the snow coming down, it starts sticking and then it starts accumulating. So that happens with every program. You start creating a new program and the more you feed that program and the, the less then you feed the weeds, the more you feed the, the vegetables you want, the less you feed the weeds and the weeds will die out eventually and that happens actually you can see measurable results on on this because the more you you know if you, for a month let's say you stop doing that for a month every time you catch yourself talking shit to yourself you ignore it you know you just ignore it and you keep saying to yourself i love you you know ift there's this um uh, extremely awesome practice EFT emotional freedom techniques the tapping I'm sure you know about that you know about that yeah I, I, I actually am a master practitioner there you go so tapping I mean it deals exactly with that sort of thing right like even though I feel like shit right now <laughs> I love yeah. to support myself you know whatever so yeah so that's what this is about even though I feel as if I am a failure, I love and support myself. And that love and support goes right back into the child. The child gets that love and it gets stronger. You know, just like a child, you know, think of just, I mean, if you're a parent or anything, I mean, everybody knows how children operate. The more love you give them, like if you're a teacher, right, and and keeps being the uh, operating from the point of fear, being being scary uh, and making children do things they don't want to do, but they fear you, so they do them. And then you suddenly flip the script and you start giving love and support. These kids will do everything mm. to please you, right? Yeah. Everything. Yeah, yeah. And that's the same with great leaders as well. When they, when they operate from a place of fear and directing and telling people what to do, and being that old style manager, as it were, versus the a leader which is putting his team first, is supporting his team. People will go out of their way to perform well. They'll generally give more than they typically would give. And the overall performance of the organization skyrockets as a result. So, yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, so uh, that's that's really uh, really good stuff, and I, I wasn't sure we would have had as much to speak about on this one um, when I when when we were talking earlier. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of material and a lot of good stuff in there. That's right, and thank you for the lovely, uh, impactful questions, my friend. Yeah, well, they um, they typically come out of the blue, so um, that's the best place to find them. <laughs> Well, that brings this particular episode of Your Mind is Trying to Kill You podcast to a close for this week. We look forward to you joining us next week. Uh, and in the meantime, let's be careful out there. And don't let your mind kill you. Thanks for listening to Your Mind is Trying to Kill You with Alexandros Megas and Vincent Byrne. 
If you like our show and want to make sure that you don't miss an episode, then we would love if you would subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And you'd be doing us a big favor if you would support us by leaving a review as well. It would also be great if you would take a screenshot of this episode on your smartphone and share it on social media. So join us next Wednesday when we talk more about mind hacking and taking back control of your life. Until then, have a great week.